0: Hello everyone, it's Paul here with some exciting news. I'm absolutely delighted that Series 4 of the Past Podcast is brought to you in partnership with the wonderful Chef Works, outfitting chefs, kitchens and front of house all around the world. Chef Works offer a collection of great uniforms, so to check out their full range, visit chefworks.co.uk. On with the show. was going to be quite a big risk doing the sort of blind tasting.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, it's not that I thought it was going to be a risk in a certain sense. It's that I thought that um, that people wouldn't get it. You know, it happens a lot in places like London, especially a lot in Paris, where it exists a hell of a lot, and that's where the re- base of the restaurant comes from. But I, you know, it was a risk doing it in London, in, in York, pardon me, because... You know, it, it never existed before, essentially, to do it blind and do this style of food, which is, you know, a lot of raw products, a lot of just serving the produce. So I wasn't really sure whether it was going to take off or work or anything like that. So, yeah, it's, uh, it was a risk in some sense, but you had to be confident. You had to believe in yourself at the end of the day or nothing's ever going to work. So.
0: Was, it, was there a moment then when you realised actually this gamble or whatever you kind of thought had paid off?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I would have thought when uh, the Marina Review came out in The Guardian, that was a big turning point in the restaurant. Uh, we had like a sort of cult following um, until that point. And then when we had the first national review, um, that put a lot of eyes on us from London and you know Manchester and you know, everywhere else, essentially. So when people came for a holiday to York, which happens a lot, they then book Le just that, you know, uh, as a holiday sort of restaurant to come to a special, special event sort of thing to do. So that was the biggest turning point. You know, there's been lots of turning points because the restaurant started off with no backers. Well, it still has no backers. It's just still me and Victoria's restaurant, 100%. But we started off with nothing, essentially. We started off with £800 in the bank and just built up, built up, built up, built up. So it's been a slow process to get to what it is right now, um, but definitely yeah. the marina review in The Guardian was probably the, the turning point to get us to where we are now.
0: So I guess, it, like you said there, it kind of goes from something that, like you see, you had these cult following and real foodies in York know mm-hmm. to something then that a lot of people know, and then obviously you've interviewed with me before about the Great British Menu, so then that then brings you into a new... <laughs> Kind of like,
1: doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the GBM and TV in general um, obviously gets even more eyes on you. With me, it's like bizarre with a uh, great British menu and doing that sort of thing is because I'm more well known in, in London than I are, I'm a natural in York, so we have a set customer base in York who come. But quite often, people who live in York will come and eat at Cosher for the first time and have no idea we existed. you know it it happens every week you know, every week we'll get about five people coming and say I had no idea what you were doing and stuff like that I mean we had one woman who um, was looking at the uh, Michelin and the hardware stickers and stuff like that on the window and came in and um, she was like oh well you know I just didn't understand you know what you were doing it sort of looks like a uh, a carvery from the outside, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know a very posh uh, carvery, yeah. so the hundred grand kitchens yeah. in. But I mean, um, I um, yeah, but it happens all the time. So I mean, I'm more well known in the circles of like the chefy world of, um, especially London and stuff like that. And I do a lot of like other bits and bobs of work in London, so it's bizarre. I can go into a restaurant in London and probably someone will recognise me because it's such, it's so more clicky the the, the restaurant scene there. But in in New York, you know, Joe Blogs, you know, have no idea really what a of their is or carved kosher is. You know, they just stumble upon it and hopefully happen to have a very good surprise once they come and dine with us. I was I was talking to you the other day
0: about I don't often revisit places, you know, and so obviously this is the restaurant that I've revisited the most, four or five times over the last however many years, and I think. One of the reasons why it's all, is because it's always changing, always developing. And you've recently had your biggest change yet. We talked about before with the kitchen, the whole restaurant's changed. Do you kind of feel like now this is the start of, like, the next kind of stage or phase of Cochon?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, having the brand new kitchen in. I always used to say publicly, I said, just imagine what we can do when we have a proper kitchen in here, you know. um, And finally we have that proper kitchen. I mean, it was... In York, there is no perfect building. They're all sort of style buildings on, on three floors, and that's exactly what my two restaurants are. So you just have to accept that that's... and uh, make it the best you possibly can. You're never going to have a sort of clove club-style space in York. It's very hard, and if you do, it's going to be very expensive. Um, and so I just made the leap of um, putting the money in into Koshan to, to make it work as best as probably could. And I've always believed that the way me and Victoria do things is, you know, I've, I've never shied away from my own modesty. Um, <laughs> um, we are, you know, try and be one of the best restaurants in the UK. We serve some of the best produce in the UK. And I just wanted to show it off in the best possible way of having a restaurant which um, suits the food that we serve and the service style that we do so i wanted to all sort of mesh into one which i definitely think now uh, we have
0: when we left you last you were just put in the kitchen in calf, and we were talking about it on the way down here how amazingly that's been received what was the kind of idea from your side around the sort of menus up there did, did you want it to tie in with here or did it be quite different or
1: Yeah, I mean, it it ties in in a way that it has a sort of style of what my food is about. Um, Obviously, it has the black pudding macarons, it has oysters on, it has, uh, you know, broths on quite regular features, you know, things that feature on the Kochenerberg's menu. But I wanted it to be, I don't actually like the phrase small plates, a lot of people call it that, It's, it's not because it's actually a wine bar first, then food second. I always wanted it to be a sort of place where you'd go in for a bottle or a glass of wine and maybe feel peckish and then get some petit plat or tapas, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. I mean, it's uh, it's never one... It's, it's a bar of van. It's never a restaurant. You know, people tr- treat it like a restaurant, which is fine, you know, because... You know, it's all money at the end of the day. <laughs> but, I mean, I always just imagined it to be the sort of place where I liked to hang out in Paris. You know, where I'd go in for a bottle of wine and then get a bit peckish, have some oysters or have some interesting snacks. Um, and then, you know, something maybe sweet to finish with. It's never about, like, having a full meal experience because... Um, everyone does that and you know the small plates thing I think is great you know a lot of restaurants even in York, which I really like like Roots and Scotch do it very well but it's, it's just not my style of thing and I don't, don't want ever I don't want ever carve to be lumped into the small plates category because it it's not um, it is petit plat it's hors d'oeuvres it's uh, on the moment when you go to Scotch and when you go to Roots that is a sit down sort of meal when you go to Carb de Cochon, you can be standing, you can be sitting down, you can be sat outside with a fag, whatever. It's a lot more rock and roll and it's a lot more like stripped back and it's a lot more uh, just just of the moment sort of thing. Um, and, you know, you can just walk in off the streets and have the time of your life. It's not going, right, we're going to cook. People do go and go, right, we're going to go to Carb de Cochon for a meal. And that's great. You can absolutely go there and have some fondues and stuff like that. But what I like it more of is on a Saturday night when it's absolute carnage and it's packed and people are eating and, and, you know, in a little corner space and everywhere and, you know, music is blasting out. And that's really what Carve's all about.
0: We've been in there a couple of times on occasions like that. and I remember a couple of times we've had quite a lot of chefs in there. And it is, it's that even walking in there earlier to meet you, you kind of come off the street and it almost feels like straight away you're in this kind of... Hide out, hang away, you know, like just hang out venue and space. I mean, it's just really, you know, it's a great space. I love it. I always have. Always have
1: absolutely. absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, there's chefs in there in all the time, and there's, there's chefs, there chefs in there tonight there. when we went in. And, you know, it, it's, it's because positive, it, you know, it's somewhere where I like to hang out, and it's where you can actually get good food and good wine quite late at night. For a tiny city like York, it's quite a novel thing to have. Um, And, yeah, I just wanted you to be able to feel comfortable. I mean, the reason why I opened it and did the kitchen was because Koschenberg, it is a laid-back sort of fine dining experience. Um, But at the end of the day, it is a tasting menu. It is expensive. You are paying for what you get. And I wanted to do something completely opposite, where maybe someone wanted to eat my food and drink, you know, our, our wines that we like. But maybe just go in and have, you know, an oyster for three pounds and sit there with a glass of wine. Just be able to experience the vibe which we're trying to offer. And, you know, it's the two separate, completely separate sort of things, but linked at the same time.
0: So coming up to Christmas time for you, do you see the impact in, I presume you definitely see it in the bar, but do you see it down here? Or is it, you know, you're pretty much booked all the time now anyway, so it's not.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, clientele changes. You know, um, definitely at the restaurants, we need to... This sounds, like, awful. i not, like... I, I, I welcome everybody who comes to the restaurant with open arms. But, like, last week, for instance, we have hair a la royale on, which is uh, hair braised down, and then we stuff it with far gras, with blood, blood sauce. And it's actually something I'm really, really proud of. of our. These are, like, our interpretation of a classic dish. But it is a gourmand 's dish it is someone who really likes food and you know it is really gamey and so in Christmas time and it's the same in any restaurant you get people who come out just once a year and that's at Christmas and to have that a sort of dish like that you know it's not worth the hassle to have it on so it's not that we don't put something interesting on we're putting a bit of venison on which is still beautiful but yeah, you have to change it like that. And obviously, you know, we, we've we got a little mince pies on for uh, with the coffees and decorations will go up on the 1st of December. Um, and, you know, we make it christmas you know what I mean? It still has to suit the kosher on egg, edge, you know what I mean? we're oh God. It's, I don't want to sound like a fucking hipster or anything like that, but at the end of the day, you know, it has to sort of look like I want it to look. You know, I'm, I'm a 30-year-old man and they... I don't want it to look like an old-fashioned place because that's not what I'm about. Um, but we do embrace Christmas the best we can. We do, like, bring people in. We do, like, you know, like the mince pies and make it feel Christmasy. And we do let people celebrate in the right way, sort of thing.
0: I always wonder because you know, obviously I've never been in a, owned a restaurant, or been in a restaurant. But I always think when you get to kind of January, that's almost at like the end of your year because you've kind of gone through that tough Christmas period, and January is probably quite quiet. People yeah. dining out, a lot of pie in restaurants shut and have their holidays. Do you take that time to say, right, this is the end of the year? We're going to kind of reflect now on what what we did and then how we want to kind of go forward next year.
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, it's. Um Having the new kitchen in has been great this year, and it's, I think this year has been a particularly diff- difficult year in the restaurant industry for numerous reasons. Um, so, I mean, last January, I thought to myself, right, we're going to put the new kitchen in and we'll see how things go. But you, you still have the problems lingering of the staff issue. You know, I mean, there, there isn't a lot of staff about um i would say in the north of england for me personally it's harder to get front of our staff you have brexit looming over which is 100 percent going to have effect is already having effects you know and me and vicky will probably take january to look about how we do service do we need to make it more casual to appeal to more people to come in or do we stick to our guns and know that what we do is right you know um Alan Passard has once said that you're not a proper chef until, I think he said, 50 or 60. And until he get to that point, it's just full of self-doubt. <laughs> and it's exactly like that for me. I basically run my restaurants with full of self-doubt, constantly criticising myself, constantly looking at things and how I can improve. But there are challenges, there are achievements to be made, and there are goals to be met. I mean, we constantly want to get better. But at the same time, I don't want to lose what I like about running a restaurant, that is fun, that I want people to have a great time, and that's what's really important. But, you know, overcoming the next few years, you know, the political climate and everything like that will dictate that. You know, I've put my prices up this year um, to £75. You know, when I first started, it was £30, so it's... I (laughs) can remember that. That blackboard menu. Yeah, exactly. And so it's the question of, like, how are the customers going to react? Because right now, £75 I still think is actually quite fair. But really, if wine and food keeps going up in price, which it's going to, what's going to give? Is it going to be... The restaurants, well, the restaurants aren't going to do that because they'll go bust. Is it going to be the customers? Well, they're not going to like that because they're going to just English people just generally don't like spending money. It's just in our nature. And, um, you know, it's going to be an interesting few years coming up. You know, um, I'm sorry, I'm rambling on, but I'll carry on rambling. I mean, like, for instance, me and Vicky started this restaurant when we were 26 years old. You know, we're now... I'm going to be 31 soon, both of us. And, you know, it's like that time you go, like, how do we have children, for instance? It's like, I go, it's something that both me and Victoria want, and you go, how do we do that? Because right now it takes Vicky to be here every day. And it takes us her here every day because there isn't any restaurant managers around. There are obviously, people who will come in, but, you know, it, it just doesn't exist. And it's a very difficult position to be in, you know what I mean? Because if you look at go, God, we've created this amazing restaurant, which I'm actually really proud of, but at the same time, the negatives are, how do me and Vicky, like have a semi-normal life. You're never going to have a fully normal life in this, in this business. but like
0: Yeah, you accept
1: that. Yeah, you go, God, I wish, like, you know, how, if Vicky got pregnant tomorrow, what would we do? And right now, you know, we, we're getting the chefs to serve quite a bit. And I always say to people, I only did a taster menu because of the size of the kitchen. It's not because I wanted to do a taster menu. It's because the size of the kitchen dictated what I, what I do. I get the, ser- the chefs to serve now quite a bit. It's not because I want the chefs to serve. It's because we have to, because the front of the house just do not exist, you know what I mean? And it's there's little things that we have to do, which people just like maybe criticise me for or look into it too hard, but really there's a very simple a- answer. is because to stay open we have to do these things and to give a sort of service that you're going to be willing to pay me what I need to stay open, and so, anyway, without me rambling on too much, you know, these things are like in January, where I'm going to France, actually, uh, over Christmas for two weeks, and these are things what me and Vicky will sit down and have a think about, and go, how do we tackle it, how do we actually, I think the restaurant's actually now at the best standards it's ever been, but how do we, you know, get Vicky to not be here as much, how do we make things smoother in service and how maybe do we train people differently you know it's it's all very interesting but it's something we'll think about yeah on holiday
0: I am on what you kind of said there I like you said known you for a while and kind of get to see a halfway house because I see it from the outside and then kind of get anecdotes from you and Vicky would it be fair to say that this has kind of been the biggest year for you guys in terms of everything that you've had to do the whole change of everything like has it been like almost the most difficult year in a way
1: I think um, it's a, it's a double sided sword. On the side of, um, we've gone down to two services, so people come in at six or half seven, and that's all we do, and then if you have a private table, half eight. Um, and the kitchen and the refurb, I've made the service incredibly easier. We've gone down to four days a week as well, which has made a huge impact. So everyone gets three days off a week, including me and Victoria. Um, so that's, you know, been all amazing and it's made a a huge benefit And for somebody like myself who is self-critical and, you know, like, I I wouldn't ever say I get depressed or anything because I don't, but, you know, I get anxiety about things and stuff like that. That's been a great help for for me personally. But on the flip side, you know, financially, because, um, the work that's been involved at both restaurants of, you know, always does cost more than you think it's going to do. The strains of that have been difficult to deal with. But, you know, like last week, we just had a record week. Um, when you're in a restaurant, like Kosha and I said this in the last time, a few times I've done the podcast review, is like you never do it for money. You do it because you like it and you do it because you love it. Um, if money is your driving object, then definitely don't come into this industry, you know? I mean, it's, um, there's easier ways to make money. <laughs> so I think, I, think it's, uh, I think it's been a double-sided year. I mean, I've loved doing service and stuff like that. I haven't mm-hmm. loved, like, paying off <laughs> this kit, the both the for kitchens. I definitely haven't. You know, but at the end of the day, I sit here with you, with me and Vicky still owning 100% of both our restaurants, and not a lot of people can no, say so that, easy. you know. Yeah. Most people have backers. Yeah. Most people, you know, have to give money away to other places. Yeah. Me and Victoria still own this 100% so at the end of the day that's the main thing. Even
0: from interview one that was something that you said that was massively important to you and it's something that I've always kind of admired is that you guys have done this yourselves and part of the reason why Koshon like you said has evolved is because even from day one I remember Vicky saying we, we couldn't do wine pairings because we just didn't have the facilities to do that we didn't have the ability to offer it yeah. and she was probably well, desperate, desperate to do it because she loves yeah. wine right
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: and then you've got people like me wow. I didn't know at the time looking like going do you know
1: why I'm tearing
0: you should am <laughs> one. And, like one acting yeah. like I'm all you know, knowledgeable yeah. but it's just because you're evolving every time and that's so, such a cool thing
1: yeah it's really nice I mean like on Saturday night for instance some, some guy was like he was actually quite nice but he was like talking to me about why we don't have espresso and, and I was trying to explain to him because we don't have room for a, a machine, a coffee machine, so we do um, uh, the CMEX sort of style ones. But you know, people like he just didn't, he just didn't get it. He just his brain wouldn't accept why we couldn't do espressos. And, you know. do you want the
0: tour? Do you want to look through there. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, exactly. Do you
1: want the tour? You know, it is the smallest restaurant in the world. You know, and like I do, I do the best I possibly can do, and this coffee is still delicious. Please just accept it. Um, but people want what they want at the end of the day. People have a very set idea. I mean, we actually you know, don't get a lot of complaints about the food or the produce that much or, or the drinks because, one, it's very good. But I think you get, it's, it's harder when you um, would have a pub, let's say, because if you serve fish and chips, everyone's had fish and chips before and everyone has a sort of idea. When you come to Koshan and you're eating hair, it's a different story. Most people haven't ever eaten it before. So even someone, if they didn't like the hair, for instance... Would be quite accepting of it because it's a first time experience, you know what I mean. So it's fine. Yeah.
0: Well, you said you said earlier about the you know the shorter working week that you've been doing, but not wanting to miss out, you have been doing some exclusive teaching, some cookery mm-hmm. lessons. Yeah. Uh, which have all sold out in seconds. Yeah. One of the ones you're doing coming up is the Christmas one, mm-hmm. and I wanted to take this opportunity on this Christmas special of the Past Podcast to get some tips from the master that you'll yeah. be giving out. So, I always wonder because you know, like you, you know, I'm interested in getting into cooking and learning more about cooking. What are just the kind of basic things that you will be saying to these people that just to, you know to do to improve how you can cook dinner over Christmas?
1: Yeah. Um, the Christmas dinners is the one actually I'm looking most forward to the most uh, because it's the one people can get involved in the most and it's actually probably the one you can get the most out of. First thing I like, I'm going to say, is we're definitely not doing turkey, uh, we're doing goose uh, because turkey is shit and uh, goose is delicious. It's really that simple, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, um, but I mean, there's little things, it's going to be stuff like. Let's get the bird out to room temperature before we cook it. Let's, if we're going to do roast potatoes, let's cook it in the fats of the bird. Let's not do too many side garnishes. It doesn't need it, and you don't need to do it, you know. Um, And it's actually all quite literal easy stuff to do, you know what I mean? But when you're, like, cooking a goose, for instance, the... um, the temptation is for a lot of people to serve it pink. Well, why not? It's a nice fatty bird. Let's cook it well done, you know. And it's a lot more delicious, you know. Let's make it really nice stuffing, or maybe stuff it with hair, you know. When we do these cooking classes, and we quite do it like a bit like how the restaurant runs, you know, we might have some spare produce lying about. We'll cook it, you know, with the guys and stuff like that. Some people can't really handle it and go, oh well, he doesn't say that on the recipe. Well, yeah, well, it depends what's in your cupboard at the time. I can only teach people how to cook. I can't teach people how to do a recipe because recipes are nonsense, you know. Like, unless it's pastry or a dessert or something like that, recipes have no place for themselves in the kitchen. You know, food is about touch and feel and how things are that day. And um, so, the pupils—I call them pupils. God, I sound like a teacher. <laughs> hey, exactly. <laughs> you have to call me sir and everything. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go. You know, it's about learning the techniques of how to cook a bird. It's how to cook the vegetables perfectly. And they can apply this to anything. And then we'll probably do a dessert. Um, I'm, I haven't decided what I'm doing yet, but it probably will be something like a panna cotta, something quite light, you know, uh, something away from the traditional. Um, because once you want to feast out, you want to pig out when you're eating the Christmas dinner. And then we we'll probably do a starter of something fish-based. Bizarrely, in my family, we have, um, we have like a smoked salmon uh, with a me- with a slice of melon and then some curried prawns on the side.
0: This is a tradition, is it?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what we have all the time. It's, it's delicious, you know what I mean? It's absolutely delicious. And then, people are quite fascinated by, little intricacies of family dining. Like, yeah. I don't know if you do this, but, like, when I have Yorkshire puddings in my household, so, like, when we have a roast dinner, you would have the Yorkshire puddings beforehand, and then you have Yorkshire salad on the side. Do you know what Yorkshire salad is? So it's, like, pickled cucumbers, shallots, and lettuce. Like, on the side, you have that with the Yorkshire pudding and gravy. It's, like, delicious. But I say this to a lot of people. I had a dish on recently based on on, 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 on what I just said and uh, it blew people's mind. most Yorkshire people never had it, but yeah, I may you know, bringing things back that like, yeah, fascinates absolutely. me, like, like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. old style things. That's honestly which... a
0: Yorkshire thing, I've not heard of it, it
1: sounds great though. Yeah, yeah, well, it, it is, is it's, yeah, it's, it's quite, quite delicious actually, Adam Jackson down at the park in um, in, in York, York. Um, in Marmaduke's Hotel actually, um, I think he does it with some bread actually, yeah, I can remember him serving it, so, you know, it's not just me, but it's quite a little fascinating trait, yeah.
0: It must be quite fun doing these classes, and again, especially around the Christmas one, because like you just said there, it is the one where everybody has this tradition, has this expectancy, and then like you say, there to go, by the way, we're not doing turkey, that's crap, we're doing goose. Is yeah, exactly. that kind of what's fun about bringing these people in This to show them the Josh way of doing food? Exactly.
1: I mean, I can guarantee someone's going to argue with me about the turkey, I can guarantee it, but they're wrong, so I mean, it's that simple. I mean, to, the, when have you ever gone to a nice restaurant Ever and seen turkey on the menu? Yeah, yeah, exactly, insane. never because it's shit. And so, why do we make an excuse for it on Christmas Unbelievable. Day?
0: Unbelievable.
1: And so, um, you know, all all my life, my family's had goose. All my life. Christmas um, goose. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 actually more traditional. The turkey comes from America. That's where that tradition comes from. And so, let's like let's have a delicious goose instead. It's a lot more tasty, um, and the range of people is quite fascinating because, um, I don't want to sound mean to people, but people think they're a lot better cooks than they actually are. (laughs) And usually people, like, come into the cooking class, like, you know, Mr. McGee, thinking, like, here we go, I'm going to show everybody up, I'm going to show the chef up, you know, I mean, I've, I've had a few of them come in and very soon they've cut themselves, you know, cutting a bit of beef or whatever, and, like, um, it's quite fascinating looking at people, you know, a lot of people can cook, but not a lot of people, Because it's because of the supermarket, you, you, most people never butcher down anything, you know, most people never get a whole animal or most people just get the vegetables prepped ready. So when they come to these cooking classes and you do everything from scratch, it's actually quite a humbling experience and they realise, oh actually, I didn't know that much. We also make the bread, the cochon bread, yes. at all the cooking classes as well, which is. Um,
0: like world, world, world famous cochon yeah. bread.
1: It's, it's one of the things what people are most excited about. And it's, people try and literally seep out the recipe from me. I, I can quite happily give them the recipe, but it's the technique. It doesn't matter if I tell you the recipe, because you can still go home and you can still bugger it up. It's about how hot is it that day, and stuff like that, and is it mild, is it humid outside, how hot is it in your house, you know, are your hands dirty? sourdough <laughs> um, is a fickle one as well,
0: you know, like it's famously, you can do it again and again and still get different results. Exactly, yeah, it, it
1: happens, it's different every day at the restaurant. Um, but people are being drilled into them that recipes are the way forward, and it's not. What, what's, what's the way forward is learning how to cook, mm. Which unfortunately we don't have those traditions. And I, I've actually really enjoyed doing them. I mean, you know, let's just like be honest about what was happening. Is like it's a good income income for me to do to help you know pay off the, the kitchen stuff like that. And also I like doing it because when I do um, service, it's quite a stressful experience, and I'm putting like my heart and soul and a place and I take things personally and yeah, stuff like that when I do the cooking class it's really nice it's really laid back it's on a Sunday we all have some glasses of wine in the middle of the day have a and a joke I'm just showing people how to cook a bit of like, you know Sunday dinner essentially and it's like I've actually found it a really nice thing to do so are yeah. you
0: doing some more classes next year?
1: yeah, yeah I've, they've sold out already oh, no, I, gone. <laughs> there's
0: no point in promoting them
1: no uh, yeah okay. They've gone already. I might... I I might do some more. I think I released... We got such a high demand on the first lot. We released another four, I think, for the first half of the year. Um, And then I'm undecided about whether to release some more or do some more guest chefs. I was going to say, because obviously
0: that's the last time we met up, were you not tempted to get anybody else
1: in. I am, yeah, I am. I am tempted to do it. I mean... um, I quite want to do something different this time. Um, I, still I still want to get guest chefs in, but I want it to be a bit more of a meaningful experience than just um, the chefs coming in and cooking their food because I actually think it happens quite a bit everywhere and it's not very different. You know, I would quite like to do something about, on a, do it on a Sunday and have the chef come and any Any waste waste products they have from the Saturday night service and any waste products we have on the Saturday night service, and then just come in on the Sunday and do an off-the-cuff menu and just actually, like, just two chefs actually just cooking their guts out of, like, what's left over and give some guests, you know, a completely original menu. I want to do something like that, which is different and just, like off the cuff and just like you know every Every dish dish might might not be be perfect but that's not the point of it it's that you know these chefs are you know just creating something and here we go here's some nice wine have a nice Sunday dinner sort of thing
0: any any guests you've got your BDI on that you can tease me with um
1: no none because I haven't asked any (laughs) (laughs) I literally haven't asked any I mean there's quite a lot I would like to ask and stuff like that and I will be asking I don't want them to first find out I'm going to ask them on the podcast um but, you know, I, I will have quite a diverse um, people once again. Um, but, you know, I, I'll choose people who have similar ethos you know, to me as, like, proper cookery. You know, people who are actually in the kitchen who really like cooking. Um, I mean, I've eaten... I've probably eaten at the most restaurants this year, and I ever have. I've been very lucky. I've eaten at a lot of places. I have some, like, really, really good meals, actually. And... Um, I've actually like found out like you know French food is cool again. You know what I mean? Like the Crown down at Birchers, it's like I ate, I, yeah, I ate there, um, and yeah, I absolutely loved it. I thought that was like a really delicious meal of like proper old fashioned, you know, French fare, and I lo- I loved it. it was so un- unapologetic towards this is what I fucking serve. It's like French deliciousness. If you don't like it, bugger off and go to Wetherspoons so, Like i found it really really nice actually so that was a really good meal
0: yeah that's one i messaged you straight away i was like you have to tell me that was good because he's been on my radar for quite a while and you're right i remember thinking um the blackbird down south as well that's very very classic french again and it does it kind of feels like there's always these changes isn't there in in the world of cooking? and there's always these kind of trends Mm -hmm. but i do think and um and literally yesterday, and it's, these aren't going to come out together, so it doesn't matter that it was yesterday, but I was talking to Nick Edgar, went over to the Lake District, and he said, you know, if you don't have those basics, those classics, as your foundation, a lot of now these modern chefs that don't have that end up kind of getting found out somewhere along the line.
1: I completely agree. Alan Rue once said to me, cooking is cooking, at the end of the day, and it, it is, you know. It, I think Koshon sometimes gets misinterpreted to be some sort of... Um, Shortage style fucking bullshit restaurant, which is not, um, it's actually all founded in French cookery, you know what I mean? It's just the only difference is this is like I don't like, you know, fine dining, I try and make it as fun as possible and like, you know, don't have whack tablecloths, we play hip hop, we make it as just what things I like essentially. So, yeah, you're going to come in here and have hair a la Real or duck a la Vasile or. Tatar in some sort of shape or form but you eat it in an environment which is quite a young environments, but that's fine you know, and I, I think the dish I had from
0: you last time, that was so incredible and that was very classically done
1: yeah, I mean the best dishes usually are I usually find myself of um, cooking something which is actually quite classical with only a slight twist well either, I mean the scallop, ala fasil what you're talking about is just classic cookery <laughs> And that's it. And it's actually a dish, this what came on this year, which has been extremely popular. I haven't been able to take off the menu. It's good. <laughs> um, and like, you, you sort of like see that as you get older, you sort of start, you start to take things off the plate rather than put things on. And that's what's really happened with me. When I first opened, I was just whatever I thought. And it's like what I said earlier, you're always insecure about it. Insecurity... When you're making a dish, when you're creating a dish, that insecurity usually means that you add something because you're scared that the customer, you know, might want a bit of green vegetable or whatever it may be like. But a really confident cook creates something which is very simple. And that's what I try and do with everything we do is a very pure expression of a product. But, you know, what I usually do is create a dish, put put it on the menu... And then I'm not, usually not happy with it for about four weeks, and I usually keep taking things away, and then it gets stripped back into something which I am. Um, and that's usually my cooking process. It's, not, it's not, not delicious when we first put it on the menu. It's just that I go, let's take away that, let's take away that, let's take away that. And it's only done until you've taken everything away that it's, it's, it's perfect.
0: Is that kind of, would you say, the biggest change in you as a, as a chef over, you know, since Cochon is that? confidence because it's interesting that you, you say about that i wouldn't have had you know from knowing you i wouldn't have known that you have that sort of level of insecurity or worry i'm not
1: insecure about um, i'm not insecure about it being delicious i'm not insecure about our ability to serve or for it to be a, a great experience it's me holding myself up to a standard with other restaurants and that's why a lot of people in the restaurant industry, when they talk about uh, depression, they talk about anxiety, and it's rife in our industry. That's why they tell you to not go online or social media and stuff like that, because what happens is, like for me, for instance, I might have like let's say I have like a tattoo of beef on, or, or something like that, and then I might like see. Let's say Mark Birchall's got one on. You know what I mean? And I might look at it, and go, "Fuck, that looks fucking amazing." That motherfucker. How does he? How does he do it? Something like that. And that's what I mean about insecurity. And I like then hold myself up to the same standard as that. And I go, you know, instead of just, like, going, what I really should be going is, like, oh, that looks nice. You know, yeah, yeah, I'm, sure, sure, I'm sure I'm sure Mark would enjoy my tartar as well. <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice. I'm sure he would, you know what I mean? It's just the way, and I, a lot of people are like it. A lot of people are, you know, it, it, when you're a young cook, like, I'm sure a lot of chefs my age are exactly the same. You just, it's not about being insecure, but I am confident about the food. I'm extremely confident. I know you're going to come in... And be delicious. You just, you so want everybody to enjoy it. You so want every person who comes through this door to have a great experience. And when they don't, that makes me feel shit. It makes me feel like I've failed, you know what I mean? And it's not that it's bad, it's just it wasn't for them. And you know, the world of the chefs now is like a social media world. And you know, one chef is on top one year, the next year one's on the bottom, and it's, every, you know, it's all about hype and stuff like that, and really it's just nonsense, you know what I mean? you really start to realise as you get older that, you know, good cooking is good cooking, you know what I mean? St. John has been great for, I don't know how long it's been open for, you know, yeah, I mean, how however many years, because it's great. It's not because he's worried about you know what anyone else thinks of it is because you know his black pudding with a fried egg on top is delicious and he knows it you know I mean he doesn't have to hide away from anything and but you know that comes with age and comes with maturity and you know being competitive and I mean Vicky are both really we're competitive (laughs) with each other and I'm competitive (laughs) with anybody. you know so when you eat someone's food and get jealous of it, it's a good sign, you know what I yeah. mean? It's not...
0: It shows your passion is still there as well and you haven't lost that hunger to better what you're doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I ate at um, brat in Shoreditch, uh, Thomas Perry's uh, new restaurant. Just want to start. And um, I ate and I had his uh, the signature turbot there. And it was so delicious. It's one of those things, you know, when you eat it and it's just... It's literally, literally just, turbot just turbot cooked over the bloody fire, and I was eating it, and you go, God, this is like, this is what food's about, you know what I mean? And, like, I was looking around, I was going, God, this guy's just here cooking over, <laughs> over, a, over a fucking barbecue every day. It's like the dream, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't need to, you know, he just throws things on the barbie yeah. and throws it out. Aussie,
0: yeah. Aussie exactly. Out. As I was,
1: like, so jealous. I was like, God, but, yeah, I mean, it's... it's it's, it's good, good jealousy. jealousy, you know, I mean, I'm not yeah, like going, I wish I had Brat, or I wish I had, I had, I had, had the Crown, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, more Hall. It's not that I wish I was there, I, I, I always want to be at Koshon. It's just been interested in what's happening in the world of hospitality, and it's been impressed by people. It's good that people are doing things differently to what I am, because, you know, if everyone's doing the same thing, if everyone was doing what Koshan does, then Koshan wouldn't be special, so, it, you know. It is good.
0: You said something earlier about the the different types of diners you get. And it made me think about something which I was sort of theorising on, if you like, the other day. So I'll get your opinion on it. I was wondering, you hear performers and actors and comedians say, you know, you find your audience. You know, you find the people that are interested in your style of humour or your whatever, whatever. Is that applicable to you? You know, have you over the four years kind of found, you know, your audience have found you? They know that they're going to come here to get the style of food or... Is it that that you, you're still getting
1: people that don't know what you're about? And... Um, yeah, it's, that's a difficult question to answer because there's a few things. We use a lot of vegetables here at the restaurant because of my connection to Ken Holland um, in Newcastle and his vegetables. Um, and we also serve Frenchish food, the modern take in yeah. Frenchish food, let's, let's say. say. It's hard to describe much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to describe the food. Um, some people come in here and expect steak frites and burnets Some people come in here and expect it to be white tablecloths, Gordon Ramsay three-star type of thing. Um, and it's really hard. I mean, people's expectations are well before they come to the restaurant are completely different. You know, um, I, I, I think it's it's, it's harder to. Categorize what we do here because we change the menu so much right. and um, we're constantly evolving. Um, I think people just want to have a really good experience, but a lot of people go, All right, well, you know, he, he might have worked at Waterside in, so it's going to be like really classical food, but it's not, you know what I mean? It's not that. Um, but people generally enjoy it, you know. I think you, you want to come to care, The reason... I'm blabbering on here and I can't really describe my own restaurant because at the end of the day it's what me and Vicky do every every day and coming to Koshan is an experience more than it is a sort of eating at a restaurant and you sort of have to come to experience it, it's very hard for me to like talk to you about myself in that creative way because I'm in it I'm here doing it, I'm here cooking and Vicky's here serving and the, the front of house and the chefs yes. are or working very hard and when you sit down at Cochon you're giving us this sort of blind menu, we go is there any dietries? No do you want the wine pairing? Yes or no right, off we go yeah, yeah. and we just serve you whatever is that day and the style of food yes I cook in a French way because I studied in, in, in France and Cordon Bleu and whatnot, but Really, it's just like, right, we've got some beautiful pigeons in this day. That's what you're going to get. It's not going to be pigeon moose shaped into the shape of an elephant. I and mean, It's not going to be foams and smokes or anything like that. It's proper bloody cookery, you know, proper food, that's served well, you know, with some bloody good wine. And you're going to have fun. You know, that's all it really is. Um, a lot of restaurants, you know, make out that there's, you know, Making the Second Coming of Christ happen at the fucking restaurant, and you're going to come in and have this sort of otherworldly experience. But what you realise, every restaurant's just a restaurant. All we're doing is serving fucking food at the end of the day, and some of us are better cooks than others. That's really, that's really the simple fact of it. You know, anything else is just bullshit. So, well,
0: you know, it's you. Are, you there is more than that to this place because, as I've said, this is this is one of the most special restaurants to me in the country if not the world, if not that I've ever experienced it means a lot to me from being here over the four years and like I said to you it's one of the only restaurants that I've returned to not just twice, not just twice I think I've four or five times I've been in here and like you said every time I always say to you it's almost like you've said well we need to make it better than the last time that that, that, that person's come you know? or we need to make it better than yesterday and it's like you know, you're only as good as your last service pretty much isn't it really yeah, you are
1: as only as good as your last service. And, you know, we, like any restaurant, we still have bad services now. Um, and every every restaurant has bad services, you know, contrary to popular belief of what people will tell you, but they do. And on those days, you know, I feel shit about it. And I go home and get grumpy. You know, that's that's what happens. I feel really grumpy. Or if I, um, I sometimes make a dish and it might not actually be as good as I think it is it might not be going down as well as I would hope people would find it, and that might maybe me grumpy. Um, and when you do um, a taster menu, you know, a set menu I would prefer, it all has to flow. I can't just, you, you know, every dish has to follow the other one in a sort of flow, you know what I mean? You can't just put on whatever you want. You can't just put on cream, 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 cream. It has to be Maybe a little bit of smoke in one course, maybe a sweetness, maybe sourness in the other one. So so every time you get a new course, it's more exciting. You know, we do different things to make it exciting. Um, And that's what those little points are what makes a restaurant special. Lots of people can cook. You know, lots of people are better cooks than I am. But what makes this place special is. That was small, and we can control everything. We can make it exciting. And if you're willing to let us show you a good time, then that's exactly what will happen. If you're up for the experience and you're up for good food, and you're you're going to go for it, then you're going to have one of the best restaurant experiences ever. If you fight me on it, <laughs> and you're like, no, I don't like, you know, my meat cooked rare, or I don't eat game, or whatever the fuck it might be, then you're probably going to have like an average, you know, not, not an average you're going to have a very good experience but if you come in and have the actual menu that I want you to have that night you're going to have a really good meal
0: I, uh, I couldn't have put my experience at Coach on any better because of the horrible dirt that you've got on me, you have to be on every single series of the podcast, <laughs> this is your amazing I think fourth time So we're going to get you on every single series yeah. um, thank you ever so much for joining me because right. we're going to be going out at Christmas, I should say, Merry,
1: Merry Christmas to you, Josh. <laughs> well, thank you very much for having me. I mean, one day I will release the dirt, oh. you know, if you ever let me down, you know.
0: If <laughs> I yeah. <Why> don't turn <laughs> There's the, on. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Those <There's> disgusting <laughs> pictures of you I have, you know. I'm just like... <laughs> I, should, I should stop sending you. Too, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, mate. Thank, thank you. you.
0: Thanks again to the wonderful series partner, ChefWorks. Check them out on social media. Just search at ChefWorks UK and Ireland on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. Hashtag ChefWorksWearers wearers to feature or get in touch if you want to appear as the chef of the month.